1: Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Rotowire's Signature NHL Hockey Pod Podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman 22. AJ Scholes is alongside from Madison, Wisconsin, and you can follow him at AJ twenty-four. Well, partner, we had our first big trade of the 2019-20 season, and it involved Taylor Hall, who was sat out the last couple of games. I was beginning to wonder how many games this guy was going to miss before it got solved, but it did last night. And a late entry into the mix uh, over the last couple of days was the Arizona Coyotes. It's a big statement by them, AJ, and the details are as follows here. Arizona gets Hall, and they get a, a prospect, Blake Spears, who was a center, uh, third round pick in 2015, and uh, now a low scoring center in the AHL. So I'm just thinking just got a, a bit of a throw in there. On the New Jersey side, it's really complicated. They get half of c- the remaining cap hit for this season for Taylor Hall's contract is $3 million on their books, and they receive conditional first uh, round picks and third round picks. Now, the way it works, as I understand it, is the first rounder, the first first rounder is lottery, lottery protected for the top three spots in the in the draft. Uh, should they fall that low, that's not going to happen. Uh, so, so it's likely going to be deferred to the 2021 draft. And the third round pick is conditional as well. If if he resigns with them, or they win around, it becomes a second. If they resign and win around, it becomes uh, first, so there's a couple of conditions the way it can go there plus they got three prospects an interesting one for me is Nick Merkley formerly a team Canada junior and he was drafted in 2015 in the first round he's got 16 points in 26 AHL games this year Kevin Ball is one of the highest prospects in the Arizona organization a defenseman who's 19 years old a second round pick in 2018 he has 20 points in 20 28 OHL games this year and Nate Schnarr a third round pick in 2017 has nine points in 22 AHL games like I said AJ this is a big statement by the Coyotes who've always seemed to be on the outside looking in but they're having a terrific season and they're adding a big piece early in the campaign that he will have enough an impact on the rest of the season for them Uh, they have a chance to uh, also talk with Hall's representation between now and the end of the season and both sides have said there's no guarantee that he'll be re-signed but they will explore that possibility what are your thoughts on this whole deal?
0: Well, first of all, I, I like both sides of the deal. Um, I think it works out well. The you know there was long speculation. It's only uh, one year left on this deal, so New Jersey retaining half that hit, I, I think expanded the pool of teams that were available uh, almost doubled it. Um, I think because you're only looking at taking on three million instead of six. So good, good move by them. Uh, my most intriguing kind of of all the prospects moving either way: Spears, Ball, Schnarr. Uh, Etc. is uh, in fact uh, Nate uh, Nate Schnarr. I think what's intriguing about him is you look at his OHL seasons. First two years, thirty point guy in, in fifty games each of those years. Not really that impressive, right? But his last year in the OHL puts up hundred and two wow. uh, in sixty-five games. Kind of comes out of nowhere. Now he's got, as you said, Paul, nine points in twenty-two games in the AHL. I, it's promising. But it's more in line with a player who is a 30-point producer in the OHL, not a guy who is a 100-point producer. So uh, what intrigues me there is the, the ceiling seems really high for him. The floor could also be uh, you know, pretty low. So uh, I, I like him in, in that sense. Of the picks, I, I like what they've done there. I don't see how they re-signed Taylor Hall, if I'm being perfectly honest here. You look at Arizona's cap situation – Yeah, it looks fine this year, but Clayton Keller, let's not forget, goes from being about a $900,000 player this year on his ELC to a $7.15 million player next year. So I I think to make it work, they'd have to move somebody out here, um, whether they want to do that or not. I mean, certainly consider it if you can keep Taylor Hall, but the cap situation is not there right now. So I I would be surprised if they could make it work and get him signed, Um, but stranger things have happened. So we can talk more about Arizona when we we get there, Uh, but before we kick off the rest of the show, I'll just remind our listeners that throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, fantasy hockey or just hockey in general, you can tweet at us and we'll try and answer those. You can follow me at AJ two 24 and you can follow Paul the Statsman at
1: Statsman22. All right, let's begin our tour of the 31 teams and the latest roster news there. AJ, the Anaheim Ducks, they're sitting there with a 14-15-4 record. They were 2-1 and one last week. John Gibson continues to give them a chance every night, though. He's on a pretty nice, consistent stretch where he's allowed three goals or less in the last seven starts that he's been responsible for in front of him Rickard Raquel is on a bit of a heater with three goals and three assists in his last six games played as left winger on the second line Andre case is back in a top six role but he only has two assists in his last eight games so I think that position is a bit in jeopardy Cam Fowler has been the top scoring defenseman here uh, for the season but he's been really cool of late in terms of not reaching the score sheet only one assist in his last seven games played Adam Henrique, similar struggles offensively up front. Only one goal and six assists in his last 18 games played. They need much more from a second line center. Otherwise, there's a lot of pressure on Ryan Getzlaff to carry the load here. What are your thoughts on Anaheim?
0: Well, the one player I really like right now is uh, Jakob Silferberg. He's uh, on a four-point uh, or four-game point streak right now. Two goals, two assists over that stretch. Two of those points coming on the power play as well. So, really, uh, kind of powering them through uh, in these last five games over this last week. I think that could be enough to maybe get them to move up to the top line. Now, I certainly understand if they don't want to break up that second group, if they feel like it's working well, uh, but I think it, he's. At least an argument should be made and, and the thought should be at least looked at about moving him up over Andre Case, who as you mentioned has struggled lately and is currently stuck in that eight game goal drought.
1: Uh, up next we look at the coyotes. Of course they're gonna have a bit of a different look with Taylor Hall sliding in there into a first line role with Dvorak at center and Phil Kessel, I guess that juices Dvorak's uh, uh, appeal in in DFS, I would think significantly. I understand Hall Hall is going to suit up for their next game tonight in fact. And uh, in other news around this team, Jeff Chikrin, uh, is, his ownership was up 4% uh, last week to 50% for the defenseman. He has six, 17 shots on goal in his last seven games played. And he's more, playing more high leverage minutes. That means power play time, folks. And uh, I might take a look at him now that they've added Hall to the mix. That makes that power play more appealing to me and more interesting. Clayton Keller has enjoyed a very nice run of late of 10 points in his last 12 games, finally looking like a guy who was A leading contributor to their offense the last year. A big concern here for me is Derek Stepan's numbers have been in decline now for a second straight season as a second line center. AJ this guy's only got 11 points in 35 games played they expect much more from him and maybe the rejigging of an offense here the top two lines can help that Uh, uh, in other news around Team Canada World Juniors they got a big boost with Barrett Hayden joining them so he'll be lost to the Coyotes for the better part of the next three or four weeks and uh, on defense Jason Demers has missed the last three games with a knee injury but could be back later this week
0: yeah I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head and and this is something to kind of watch you know I think Going into the season, Derek Stepan was supposed to be that top center with with Phil Kessel, and they've had to kind of shuffle that round around. Dvorak, uh, you know, could be the the guy, uh, especially centering those those two uh, behemoths of, of wingers. But I I wouldn't be surprised if Carl Soderberg got a look at that that lineup as well. They could also decide that they don't want Hall and Kessel playing on the same line. I think this is an extremely fluid situation over the next week. When you're building your DFS lineups, you really need to be aware of how these combinations are coming out by Rick Tockett, what he's doing uh, with these groupings. But for now, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. If they go Hall, Dvorak, Kessel on that top line, uh, you would be pretty foolish not to at least consider putting Kristen Dvorak in your DFS lineups.
1: The Boston Bruins—they uh, went one and three last week. That was their worst week of the season uh, on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, uh, David Krejci's ownership five percent drop to eighty percent because largely because Patrice Bergeron's back in the lineup, so Krejci finds himself back in the center rolling in the second unit for now. As far as Bergeron's concerned, he's hit the ice running two goals and one assist in four games played since his return after missing nine of the last 11 starts for the Bruins. Of course, his line mates are on fire still. David Pasternak and Brad Marchand combining for 11 points last week. Nobody's figured out how to stop these guys, but it's the rest of the team that kind of worries me a little bit. And symptomatic of that is Charlie Coyle cooling off with a six-game pointless streak uh, on the books right now and I was a little bit surprised to note that Charlie McAvoy has really struggled offensively he hasn't got a goal yet this year but uh, only 12 assists on the season however there is a bit of a a, an uptick of late he's got five assists in his last seven games played so maybe uh, the Bruins will have a second uh, contributor from the back end to help out Tori Krug who is the power play quarterback of a record here
0: Well, I think what you've pointed out here, you know, the the top end heaviness of this lineup is why Boston's name keeps coming up as a possible landing spot for Ilya Kovalchuk. Now, whether the Boston Bruins are actually interested in that, I have not heard any indication that they are. But the speculation has been that this would be a convenient landing spot for him. And I can certainly see why you would look at that after that top line. Francie Debrosse certainly can contribute, but it really, in my opinion, thins out from there in terms of consistent uh, producing scores.
1: And AJ, we move to the Buffalo Sabres, one of the hottest teams in hockey right now. They're sitting there with a 2-0-1 record last week, 16-11-7 overall. They have a big game tonight in Toronto here. And uh, their leader, Jack Eichel, continues on uh, to be the hottest stick in the league right now. Five goals, one assist in his last three games played. Nobody seems to be able to stop this guy. Uh, and Olafson, his rookie winger, is uh, along for the ride and producing regularly. Two goals, two assists last week, and he's one of the leading scorers among the rookie scoring leaders. Linus Ulmark's ownership uh, is up 11% to 47%. He's overtaken Carter Hutton in the net as the top goalie here, getting more starts of late. 3 0 1 was his record in his last four games played, and in those four games, he's only allowed t- a total of 10 goals, so giving them pretty solid goaltending to go with that high octane top line. Uh, in other news here, Casey Middlestad was sent to the AHL they were counting on this guy to take the next step to be a second line center It just hasn't worked out and now that opportunity falls back to Evan Rodriguez who's been up and down the lineup here he's going to line up there as a second liner in the middle of the ice but Marcus Johansson is back and and fairly productive and he could threaten that role but right now he's listed as the third line center here
0: yeah again this is another one that's that's pretty fluid especially when you consider how well they've been playing lately, um, that they don't really have a shored up second uh, center. Obviously, Vladimir Soboka getting injured uh, didn't help the situation. It's also interesting to know how well they've been performing basically without Jeff Skinner at this point. You look at his recent run, he's got just one assist in his last six games, uh, no goals over that stretch and really has struggled uh, to produce. And if you look at his ice time, it's indicative of that. The last game against the Islanders, he played just 11 and a half minutes. This is like you're the guy who's supposed to be leading your offense alongside Jack Eichel. And he's just been completely missing uh, from the score sheet and, and honestly missing from the ice at this point.
1: In Calgary, the news has been really good since their recent coaching change. They lost one game, but they won three more last week. And Despite the fact that Monaghan and Gaudreau have been split up, both of those guys are starting to find the range. Monaghan particularly, two goals and two assists last week in those four games. Michael Froelich, three goals and one assist in limited ice time. I look for him to move up the roster if he continues that productivity because he's only getting like 11, 12 minutes a game. In the Nets, David Riddich has become the clear number one goalie, starting 10 in the last 12. He's been 6-3-1 in, in the decisions there, allowing a total of 28 goals. So pretty steady goaltending from him. And after a brief offensive spark from Milan, Lucic with three goals and one assist over a four-game span, he's been blanked again in the last two games played. I really don't have a lot of faith in the big man to be a consistent scorer, AJ. So uh, I'm going to fade him in DFS uh, unless I see another uh, scoring outburst from him.
0: Well, another guy that I would consider kind of fading right now is is Mark uh, Giordano. You know his his numbers last year had uh, a career best season only time he's like even close to approach that mark was you know he had 74 last year his next highest is 56 and i think it's starting to show that last year was the exception not the rule he only has four goals this season yes three points in the last four games but he hasn't scored a goal in his last 17 outings uh and so really At this point, I think he can still hit 10 goals uh, on the year, but 15 is probably a stretch. And I think you're going to see him back closer to a 40 to 50 point producer. So if you bought high on him uh, in your drafts this year, you're certainly uh, not uh, not too happy about that.
1: Well, the Carolina Hurricanes have to be happy with their team's lot. They were 2-0-1 last week. They're now sitting with a 20-11-2 record overall, A.J. And a big reason for that of late is James Reimer's hot streak, 4-0-1 in his last five starts, two shutouts, only seven goals against. So he's a must-start in DFS the way he's going right now. And another guy who's kind of come out of nowhere is Warren Fogle, two goals and one assist uh, plugged in at the top on the top line at right wing it might be worth a look in uh in if you're fitting in big salaries this guy should be a low price that uh, if he stays there could be productive one guy who's been productive all year for them Dougie Hamilton on the great on the defense is second only to the Caps Carlson in scoring he picked up another three points last week but sadly he's the runner up by a long by a wide margin in that Norris conversation as we've talked repeatedly about that Nino Nino Niederreiter has two points in his last four games but disappointing with only 13 points in 33 games played there's a ton of skill in this guy but he just it doesn't even seem to put it together for long stretches so I'm fading him uh, unless I see different Did for Ryan Zingle. This guy came over uh, from a couple of other teams uh, where he's been productive but only six goals and 12 assists year to date. A disappointing campaign for the former Ottawa Senator Columbus Blue Jacket. Jordan Stahl trying to get it, similarly similar to trying to get on track after a poor start. He may be waking up folks. He's, he's been getting top six minutes and he's picked up three points in those last five games despite only 10 points in 33 games played. There's a big disparity here in what's gone on of late and what's gone on in the season. Uh, again, he needs to show me for an extended stretch before I have a little more faith in him.
0: Well, and the other concern with with Stahl is that all three of those points that you mentioned have been helpers. He's stuck in a 14-game goal drought right now, uh, and so really the the production's not there, which is a little surprising when you consider that he's been playing uh, with Andrei Svechnikov on the top line. Svechnikov is having a solid season uh you know uh 30 uh 34 points uh in 33 games so I, I guess i don't really understand how that happens how do you have a guy that's at a point per game base <laughs> playing with another guy who's having a terrible offensive season uh, you know power play comes into the factor there as well but i think what this team needs more than anything right now is to get eric holla back in the lineup to kind of bolster that uh center depth it sounds like he's getting close uh, he is traveling with the team right now. No indication, uh, you know, The, the Coach Rob Brendamore told, uh, told reporters the other day, it might be soon, it might not be. So a real ringing uh, you know, clarity on that situation. But he's at least traveling with the team, which is a good step in the direction uh, to get into the lineup. I doubt he'll jump into the top line right away, but at least gives them depth and options, and he can kind of work his way into maybe getting a look with Spesnikoff on that top group.
1: And the Chicago Blackhawks, they're uh, going south quickly, AJ. They're one and three. They're having trouble keeping pace with the rest of the teams in their division. And uh, uh, Calvin DeHaan is the latest to join a lengthy injury list. He's out with a shoulder hurt. But uh, some of the veterans here are trying to keep things afloat. Jonathan Taves, a goal and five helpers. Brendan Saad, three goals last week as the right wing on the top line. And Patrick Kane, chipping in offensively as usual. Four goals for him. He's been on a, an extended hot streak here after a bit of a slump uh, to start his season. He's one of the top scorers in hockey over the last month and a half. Alex DeBrincat, left winger on the third line. Has three goals and two assists in his last seven games played. But missed practice on Monday. You wonder about his status for an upcoming game. Uh, we haven't seen anything on my end yet in terms of that news and kirby doc uh i'm look i'm not happy with the way things are being handled with him aj i'll say that he's gone 13 games without a point now playing third line minutes at the center role he might have been better served to go back to junior for another year
0: yeah i you know i i certainly can see the argument there for that but at some point you know you got to just throw You know, throw the kid into the fire and, and, you know, or throw him into the deep end rather and and see if he can swim. So uh, I I don't hate the move. Uh, Obviously, if things aren't, you know, continue to go south, maybe you consider uh, a stint in the minors just to get a few games down there, similar to what they're doing with Middle Stat right now. But overall, I, I do think long term he's probably better suited to be playing where he is. And just having to adjust uh, to the NHL, you know, speed, it's going to take a little bit. He gets to be around guys like Taves and Kane and, you know, kind of figure out uh, how to be an NHL player. And so I, I do think it was the right choice. Uh, but a stint in the minors at this point may not hurt to kind of get his confidence boosted and get him scoring again.
1: the uh- the big game of the night on Monday was a tilt between Colorado and St. Louis. AJ and Colorado came out on the wrong end of that—a five-two decision. Uh, Grubauer was in the nets for them. Uh, Kadri took a, kn- uh, a knee on a f- Friday night. There was some doubt whether he'd play in the game, but apparently he scored a goal, so he was healthy enough to do that. And Jonas Donskoy also took a high hit on Friday, but also played last night. So two of their top six forward avo- avoid- avoiding injury there is good news for them. Other news around this team. Graves uh, defenseman that I've noted uh, is playing very very well up his ownership is up 16 percent to 56 percent behind Gerard he's one of the the other o- offensive pieces from the back end that should contribute as long as that high octane offense is producing in front of him and we haven't talked about Valery Nichushkin too much AJ his ownership is up eight percent to 13 percent he went through a 90 game stretch where he hadn't scored but he's really ticking and bopping of late so it might be worth a look in the low end of the DFS rosters that we're trying to put together on a weekly basis Frank, who's in the nets, his ownership is up 6% to 34%, but he's dealing with a bit of an illness right now. So you got to check the goaltending to see if Grubauer's in net or Frank, who's Grubauer, as I said, got the start last night. Other guys who've seen an ownership uptick are Calvert and Cole, but they're more defensive specialists. So uh, really the high octane offense, you got to look at the big names here to, to carry the flag for the uh, avalanche right now.
0: Well, I think we haven't been talking about Ninooshkin because I didn't want to say that and uh, get roasted for botching names from time to time. But, uh, no, I, I kid. I, I, I agree. I think he's just kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Uh, the Ryan Graves uptick, I, I can certainly understand what people are thinking, especially with Kale McCarr out. But it's too much of a temporary boost in in minutes uh, for me uh, in my leagues, at least to take a look at him, I, I would hold off. And I mean, I guess if you're really thin on the, on the blue line and, and need some help there, but uh, I, I personally would not make that jump just because it's temporary. You know, Makar's going to be back. Yes, he's not playing for a couple more games here, um, but he'll be back sooner than la- sooner rather than later. And then Graves, we'll go back to playing. You know, more. Uh, you know, sub twenty. Uh, minutes uh, per night I would guess is, is where he'll land uh, once you know once McCarr gets back and that's not really going to help you that much uh, in terms of production.
1: Columbus Blue Jackets surprised me last night with a 3 nothing victory over Washington. Corpusalo uh, registering the shutout and uh, Oliver Bjorkstan picked up two goals. Josh Anderson was injured uh, in a fight on the weekend. That's the bigger news though and they can't afford to miss him. He's had a bit of a, a tough start to his campaign with injury woes, and this is just another one that he didn't really need. He came in to defend Sonny Milano, who was also injured on the play. An upper body hurt for him, and uh, he was hit into the board, so we'll have to keep an eye on those two guys. Uh, that's a third of their top six if they're a sideline. One other guy who has bypassed the injury ward f- f- but and been productive is Gustav Nyquist. He's been productive in the last tw- 10 games as left wing on the top line, but still uh, well off the last season of 60 points that he produced so I need to see more from him before I have any faith there Corpusalo, as I mentioned receded for the shutout and it just extends a very good string for him he's now got nine games under his belt he's allowed a total of 16 goals against he's given the the team a chance to win every night with that level of goaltending and Eric Robinson will get a look at left wing on the second line after three assists in his first three games played with limited minutes I'm looking forward to seeing what this guy does with
0: more yeah absolutely I mean you look so far things have, have worked out really well uh, for Eric Robinson I think he's an, an intriguing uh, DFS option just because he's going to have a pretty low salary uh, but has performed uh, you know in the you know performed well in the role that he's been given so far uh, Kevin Stenland is another name that I'm kind of intrigued by 16 points in, in 26 games this season but Uh, Obviously, if he's limited to a fourth-line role, uh, his minutes will be down, so it'll be hard for him to maybe uh, show that scoring touch at the NHL level. Meanwhile, Robinson projects to play on the second line with Dubois and, and uh, uh, so that gives him a little bit more of a, of a boost honestly
1: and I see that he scored last night too so he's making my early prediction look very good the Dallas Stars played last night they lost two to one in a home tilt versus Edmonton I wouldn't have bet big money that they would lose a low scoring game to the Oilers that's that's one thing that uh, I'll say right up front Tyler Sagan with the lone goal for the home standing Stars Heiskanen on defense has emerged at the top two-way defenseman uh, got some offensive upside seven goals 14 assists and a plus nine on the year compare that with John Klingberg the guy who was expected to carry the load offensively he's only got nine points on team worst minus nine on his ledger Uh, Tyler Sagan even with that goal last night is well off his career scoring pace now only got five points in his last 10 games overall the big line however has been reunited but even Ben and Radilov have struggled though the Russian right winger has six points in his last four games played before last night both Bishop and Kadubin are giving this team sub 2.3 goals against averages so they don't need much offense to succeed here but they're having trouble finding it
0: I think they need to do something in terms of, of adding some help here because you know you mentioned Ben Sagan Radulov I'll throw Pavelski in there And then from there, it really thins out, uh, you know, in terms of of offense. Uh, You know, Rupe Hintz is another one. But from there, you've got Faxa, Corey Perry, Matias Janmark, all these guys under 15 points through the first, you know, 30-some games of the year. A couple of those guys dealt with injuries, so that's certainly a factor. But there's just not a lot of depth here. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Dallas uh, being pretty active at at the trade deadline here, especially as— You know they look to be in uh, a a pretty tight race in the Western Conference in in terms of uh, of playoff spots.
1: The Detroit Red Wings two and two was the record last week, but still nine twenty three and three makes them a distant last place in the Atlantic Division. Philip Zadina has been offering a little bit of hope for the future with his recent performance. His ownership is up 7% to 30% overall. He's on a nice run with seven points in his last seven games played. Jonathan Bernier won both his starts last week, allowing only three goals on 71 shots. This guy's always performed best when his veteran partner in the Nets has been sidelined. I saw this act in Toronto when he was partnered with James Reimer. When Reimer was out, this guy'd go on a a terrific heater, but Reimer returns this guy goes into the dumper and that's just been the pattern so uh, his owners must hope that uh, Jimmy Howard's troubles continue to keep him sidelined that's the best hope that they have I think there Anthony Manta is back in the lineup and playing top six minutes picked up an assist over his first two games off the IR I look for this guy to be ready to roll uh, in the left wing uh, on the second line here Mike Green has struggled uh, defensively with a minus 18 and continues to get lots of power play time, despite rather low scoring totals for him. I'm surprised that this is going on, but Philip Hronik continues to be a guy who threatens those minutes and is getting a longer look in the power play every game, it seems.
0: Yeah, other than Hronik, they don't really have any blue liners that have added a ton of scoring here. Madison Bowie has 10 points. Uh, You know, you've got Cholo Whiskey has eight. Uh, and Mike Green, as you said, has seven. So they're they're really thin on defensive scoring if it wasn't for uh, Aaronic, uh on this team. So I do. I totally agree. I think they need to put the youngster uh, in more power play situations and, and get him more opportunities. Uh, they do have him playing looks like, you know, two to three minutes a night. So certainly uh, his chances are there. Uh, and, and I think that needs to continue.
1: The Edmonton Oilers, they won that nail-biter last night in Dallas. Koskinen receding for the win. Cassian and Dreisaitl with the goals. And for Dreisaitl, you know he was getting a lot of assists but that was uh, another one that they scored on the power play he has not scored an even strength goal now in 14 games and that's surprising for me Mike Smith's ownership is down in the nets and that's largely because Koskinen has played so well but Mike Smith for his part has given up 14 goals in his last four appearances so not holding up his end of the bargain there at all and after a lengthy slump James Neal has found the net uh, scoring sheet rather five points in his last seven games played before last night and Clefbaum and then that's closing in on last season's, in, on defense rather, closing in on last season's point total, but still suspect defensively with a minus 18. They've got to right that because they score, they can score a lot of goals, but they've got to defend better, and clefbaum uh, has got to turn that, that around uh, big time.
0: This is another uh, kind of interesting situation in Edmonton where they continue to kind of shuffle up the lineup here you know dry will play with mcdavid for a game or two then he moves back i think some of that is the result of james neal uh kind of going on an extended slump there and he he had a two-point night uh you know on, on december 12th but now it's pointless again in his last two games uh and so i think you know they're trying all kinds of different combinations you'll have guys that one night you know joe uh Joakim Nygaard, uh, played with McDavid last night on the top line, but I think a couple nights before was a healthy scratch. So it really, um, they're, they're kind of throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, and I don't think they've landed on anything yet. Fortunately for them, they've been able to just rely on the fact that McDavid and Drysaddle will put up points regardless of where you put them, mostly on the power play, and and just go from there. The Atlantic
1: Division has become a real minefield, AJ. There's six teams competing for playoff spots there. Florida Panthers are one of them after last night's win. They have a leg up on a couple of other teams in the running there. They romped over Ottawa. Six to one was the score. Jonathan Huberto with four assists. And Noel would picked up a hat trick. So good news there on the, on that front because they snapped a three-game losing streak. Uh, they can't pin the recent struggles before last night on Pabrovsky though. He's only allowed nine goals against in his last five games played. And before last night's game was only two and three in those five games. The top line, as I implied, has been split up. Huberto playing on one line, Barkov on another. They reunite them on the power plays, though, and that's still a dynamic group when they get together. Watch for the likes of Vetrano uh, on the left wing on the top line and Vinny Trocek to see if they respond as uh, Trocek retains the second line center role but he gets to play with huberto a little bit more to see if they respond both have been subpar year to date and that's really the motivation behind this move they got to get more than three pieces scoring here out front mike hoffman hoffman is one guy that's continued to do his part this guy's been robbed of of top line opportunities for the last two stops in his career but continues to score he's got five points in his last five games played before last night even though he's slotted in as a third line winger here
0: yeah that was the most surprising thing to me about their kind of uh roster shuffle here is that they didn't move hoffman up uh into a bigger role i mean for for my money i i'd rather have hoffman on the top line uh instead of frank vetrano uh brett Connolly, i think is fine in 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 that role um but i i was definitely surprised to see they didn't move him in into a position to to play with one of those guys but i guess you know if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. So uh, I guess they think if, you know, if he's working in that third line role with with the guys he has there, why, you know, why make a change?
1: The Los Angeles Kings went uh, 3-0-1 last week, one of their best weeks of the season, obviously. Tyra Toffoli, a big reason why, playing like he did a couple of years ago, to the tune of three goals and four assists in four games played as the right winger on the second line and playing power play minutes too. Kyle Clifford moved up to the to uh, a top six role producing a two shots on goal rate over uh, an extended period of time only one goal to show for it but I like the physical style this guy play, has played with in his last five games reg- registering a lot of hits and causing people to give uh, his line mates a little more space than they were accustomed to Jonathan Quick continues to do his part in the nets two two and one uh, in his last five decisions allowing only 10 goals in that stretch Matt Roy uh, a second string a second uh, pairing defenseman has produced a surprising goal and four assists in his last five games played showing flashes of uh, this upside in the AHL and in his history so it's not come out of left field and it's certainly something that Drew Doughty is hoping will continue to take some pressure off him and as you mentioned Ilya Kovalchuk has been given his outright release it's just going to be a matter of now of can he find another job in the NHL off of what he's done in LA I think that's a difficult proposition
0: yeah, I would agree. I don't think it's going to be uh, necessarily the easiest sell, but considering he got paid a two point six five million dollar roster bonus on uh, on Sunday, I don't think he uh, is going to be demanding a huge price tag, which could make teams give him a look. I mean, if you're if you're Boston and you don't have depth scoring, and you can bring this guy in on like a million dollar for the you know the one year one million dollar deal and you're paying him you know about half of that uh why not right like why not at least consider it uh and then that's a chance for him to maybe go and, and prove that he still got something and that it was you know the problem was in la not with him so we'll be it'll be interesting to see but i don't think he's necessarily you know look he, by by getting waived he gave up 4.5 or you know four point million dollars next year so he's really not Clearly not concerned too much about about the the finances at this point. So uh, a modest deal, uh, I think, could maybe get some teams intrigued.
1: Yeah, but he still has to show a heck of a lot more than he's done. I don't know if I take the risk. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Minnesota Wild, they were 2-1-1. and They continue to surprise me, AJ. That's what team I, was a team I thought would be a bottom feeder in the league. But uh, the strength of their defense, I think they're surviving. And speaking of that defense, Carson Soucy, his ownership is uh, uh, up after a nice start. Uh, a string rather of six points in his last seven games played he's played with solid veteran Jonas Prodeen on a very good two-way defense pairing because Brodine is, is has a pension for getting the score sheet as well Devin Dubnik behind them uh, is uh, back with the team after dealing with issues on the health front uh, for his wife that are ongoing sadly but hopefully it has a happy ending there but at least he's returned to the club and ready to participate Jo- uh, Eric Stahl, Jordan's brother, five goals, one assist is is back to the level that we've expected of him in, in the last couple of years. I was cons- concerned that he was maybe fading into the late stages of a very good career with a very poor season, but turned it around of late. And on defense, Ryan Suter, five assists in his last few games, uh, last couple of weeks too. Uh, Jason Zucker continues his steady streak with eight points in his last nine games played. So they're getting a sprinkling of, of offense from throughout the roster and that's helped them support uh, a solid defense. Defense and great net mining that makes them a tougher out than a lot of people suspect it.
0: Well, I'll give a quick nod to uh, Jordan Greenway, who the other night earned the Gordie Howe hat trick—the goal, the assist, and dropping the gloves uh, against Edmonton. There, uh, a really nice game for for a player that's been a bit streaky this season. He'll he'll score in a couple games in a row, and then kind of disappears for a little bit. Um, I think this just comes with adjusting. You know, he's still just 22 years old, in really his second uh, second season in the league. I would expect he gets over the 20 point mark again this year and i would project him long term to maybe be a 30 40 point producer now obviously that's not the numbers that are going to win you your fantasy leagues but it can certainly help in dfs on the occasional night and uh you know a, a value kind of depth guy for for those uh leagues that are in you know bigger formats and you have to dig a little deeper into the roster
1: the montreal canadians are another one of those atlantic division teams that is staying in the hunt they were two and one last week aj thomas tatar for a second season in a row, in his life enjoying life in Montreal. Three goals, one assist last week. 29 points in 33 games overall. But last year, he's a plus 21. This year, so far, he's a minus two. And that's a bit of a telltale sign that uh, bears watching. Maybe the fortunes of the club are linked to it. Philip Deneau looks on top of his game as the center on the top line of late with six points in his last six games played. Max Domi, not so much, though. The second-line center, only four assists in his last 10 games played. In fact, he's moved around and played a little bit of wing of late, so maybe he needs to settle on a position uh, to, to solidify that, those totals a little bit. P- best news of all here, Kerry Price has righted himself with a 3-1 and mark in his last four starts, allowing on only six goals against in those efforts. So uh, their club leader is right there on top of his game and giving them the best shot to stay in contention right now.
0: Like you know, they've kind of redone this roster a, a couple times, but at the end of the day, this team will will live and die with Kerry Price in in terms of what they're going to do in the postseason. If he goes on a slump, then they're they're done. That's just the way this team has always been constructed. Um, they have guys capable of producing, but he can steal them a game where he can help them win a one nothing game, a two one game uh, from time to time, making big slaves uh so you know we'll we'll certainly see uh you know how far they can get uh continuing to ride him a Terry Lekkanen is kind of slowed down that's certainly not going to help meanwhile Yoel Armia has kind of picked up his game lately uh and so there's kind of hit or miss pieces all over the board but at the end of the day it ends with the net here in Montreal
1: and in Nashville it begins and ends with that defense it seems AJ last night they won a game five to two there were two empty net goals included but Four of the goals were scored by defensemen. Yossi had a pair, Ellis and Eckholm with singles. In the Nets, UC Saros has been the story of late. 39 more saves, only four goals against. Uh, I mean it's only two goals against uh, in that effort so a pretty nice effort for him as he threatens to take the role outright from Pekka Rinne, who's continued to struggle uh, through the season. Callie Yarncrocks ownership is up of late and that's because he's been on a nice streak 10 points in his last 11 games played playing right wing on the top unit here. Ryan Johansson speaking of that top unit chipped in with a pair of goals we've been riding him a little bit because he hasn't been holding up his end of the bargain on the season. Colton Sissons and Zach and uh, Smith have uh, failed to produce with extra minutes uh, in the top six in Arvidsson's absence at right wing and so uh, they're hoping that he returns sooner rather than later and he might return even uh, later this week is what we're being told. Kyle Turris, another enigmatic piece here has come out of hiding with three goals in his last five three points in his last five games played as left wing on the second line if he comes out of nowhere with a consistent pace like this that would really be a bonanza for the Nashville Predators.
0: The biggest bonanza for them, though, is the fact that Victor Arvison was back at practice yesterday. Now, he didn't play. They haven't really provided a timeline for when he might, but at least he's on the ice skating with his teammates and moving one step closer. As soon as he gets back, I I expect him to retake that top-line role with Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg, and that'll really uh, bolster the depth. Kelly Yarncrock, in my opinion, is better suited as a second- or third-line winger. Uh, and, and fits in better there. Michael, uh, Mikael Granlin, rather, is out as well, uh, and he's working his way back from injury. Again, another depth guy here, but they're going to need as much as help as they can get right now because, yes, the defense is doing well. Saros has been okay of late, but the net mining overall has been really poor this season, uh, and I, I think they need every all hands on deck until those guys can kind of figure out what's happening in the back end.
1: With the uh, trade of Taylor Hall, the Devils have uh, shifted things on the left side. Jesper Brad has moved up to the left wing on the top line. This guy's been blanked. Uh, uh, last week with eight shots on goal to show for his record but nothing offensively in in the three games that they played Wayne Simmons is another veteran we've touched on a number of veterans in decline it seems on this show and over the last two seasons has really dropped off only 12 points and a minus 11 record for a guy they went out and snapped up in free agency not returning value this year worse than that PK Subban is another big name with a big contract not performing only five points in a minus 13 year to date I wonder about his trade value I've heard that his name has been bandied about but i don't know, see anybody taking out a nine million dollar a year contract for the next two years for the production that he's showing right now seems to me he's lost a bit of a step aj and uh, i wonder if that's tied to motivation or age i'm not really sure which
0: yeah i mean the, the biggest thing here you know with you know suban we trying to trade him as you said is that nine million dollar hit you know the devils were willing to retain some of Hall's salary because it comes off the books for them next year i don't think they're going to want to retain something to, to move Subban uh, and keep paying him for another two years a- after this season. Now, if the right deal came in, maybe. But as you pointed out, I don't think there's a club that wants to give up enough to balance out the fact that New Jersey would probably have to retain salary and, and won't want to do that for two years. It's just I don't see a way to make it fit. So I think honestly, at this point, they're kind of stuck with him, uh, at least for, for this year and probably next year as well. Um, and for me, at this point, without Taylor Hall in this lineup, there's guys I like uh, in the forward complement in terms of DFS, but I won't be touching uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, Evan Cormier, or Louis Domingue, whoever's going with, as they put it in the Grinch, with that 39-and-a-half-foot pole.
1: <laughs> the New York Islanders went 3-0 and last week. They're continuing to hum along, 22-7-2, and and the overall record. But there's been some downs to go with all those team-wide ups. Derek Broussard, the ownership is dropping to to a low of 14% on the season. He's got an eight-game scoreless streak now as a center on the third line. We've seen him play top six minutes at times, but his consistency is just not there. And that's cost him jobs in other cities. So we've seen that act before. Michael Dalcoli is a youngster who's trying to find his way here. Scored a goal last week, but also was injured with an upper body hurt on Saturday. So it'll be, it'll be a interesting to see if he can retain a, a bit of a role here with Grisard slumping Delcali as a candidate to move up here I would suggest Josh Bailey is a guy who is uh, solidified a top six role a long time ago one goal and two assists last week now has eight points in his last eight games played as a right winger on the top line and he's got a strong DFS play right now the way he's going similar for Brock Nelson at center on the second line here five points in his last five games played this is a team that flies below the radar with some of their off- Offensive pieces despite the great record so those are two names that i want to watch for i'm also intrigued that jordan eberly has picked up his pace a goal on three helpers last week but he's got to fight his way into top six roles right now he's uh, listed as a third line right wing
0: i'm really intrigued to see whether or not at the end of the season we have two netminders that each started 41 games. At this point, it's a real possibility. They continue to flip them uh, starts. Now, the appearances will be off a little bit overall. You know, a number of games played. uh, Varlamov came in uh, in relief in a a couple contests, including a weird one where he only logged like 39 seconds of ice time. But for starts, it has consistently been all season long, every other game, which uh, to that end, probably means our next game we're going to see Thomas Grice back in the Nets. That's despite Varlamov winning his last four games. But again, if something's working, why change it up? I know Varlamov is playing well, but Thomas Grice's numbers aren't bad. They're still winning games, and maybe Varlamov's playing so well because he's playing every other night. So this is a situation where, for now, you can almost kind of trust to know which netminder is going to go because they've been doing the every other, and just kind of track that along and, and make sure you're using the right guy every night.
1: In uh, on Broadway, they lost five to two last night. The score was not indicative of how tight this game was. There were a couple of empty net goals involved. Panarin and Kreider scoring the goals. Georgiev, Georgiev rather, allowed the three. Uh, when he was on the ice before the goalie poll his ownership is up four percent he was four and one in his last five starts before last night's game allowing a total of seven goals against with two shutouts so he's had the lion's share of the net because Henrik Lundqvist has cooled off in his last four starts allowing 12 goals against and going 0-2-2. Pavel Buknevich's ownership is down five percent to 55 percent on the year that's largely because he's been pointless in his last eight games played somehow holding on to a right wing role on the top line I think that's a very tenuous grip of late. Artemi Panarin with the goal last night now has six goals and one assist in his last couple of weeks. Mika had four goals against, four goals on his record over the last week to carry the offense. But a uh, bit of a touchy issue is Kako, zero goals in his last 14 games played. You make it 15 now, and uh, they have to wonder about the rookie and how they're handling him uh, going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really intriguing situation to watch. I, I don't think there's a scenario. Now, I probably would have said this for Casey Middlestat at the start of the year as well, but I don't see a scenario where they can send uh, Capo down. It just doesn't make sense uh, to me to, to move him to the minors uh, in, in this situation. Another kind of intriguing thing that, that we've been watching here locally in Madison, Wisconsin, is the emergence of Adam Fox. The reason I say that's important here is because I think this will allow the Rangers to leave Keandre Miller, their uh, their first overall or first round pick in 2018 at the university of wisconsin you see where i tied that in paul
1: <laughs> nice we're also
0: going to get a look at miller uh and three other badgers as team usa heads to the world juniors so i'm uh, i'll be watching that one closely and hoping for a usa win over canada in that one.
1: Oh boy are we going to put a loony on that maybe <laughs>
0: we might have to i think we're gonna
1: all right the ottawa senators lost six to one last night and uh that goes against the ledger, but 2-0-1 was the record last week. Nilsson allowing the six-pack only made 25 saves. Anisimov the lone goal. I had hoped that he would participate in the offense now that he's back in the lineup and he gave him a bit of a boost, but nowhere near enough on last night anyway. Anthony Duclair is a guy who's been on fire though for this team. He was the most added player in fantasy. His ownership uh, spiked by a 34% rate to 66 overall. He has eight goals and one assist in his last six games played now. Craig Anderson in the Nets is out and that's why Nelson has been handling the load. Before last night only 10 goals against in his last four games played. He's got a, a tight Grip on the number one role, in my opinion, even despite last night's a bit of a meltdown. Dylan DeMello broke his finger, and that hurts the club defensively. He's going to be lost for three to four weeks. Not a big offensive upside there, but he's a big part of the defensive structure. Brady Tuchuk, uh, i I love this guy. He's got a high shots on goal rate of late. 31. 31- uh, in his last eight games played only five points to show for it. i say only this guy looks to me like a point per game player when he gets everything all lined up and i say uh keep an eye on anisimov he's starting to chip in now with four points in his last six games played listed as a second line center here
0: yeah for dfs kind of stacking value i really like this second line here of and anisimov and tyler ennis and and i know ennis's numbers maybe aren't as high as some of the other you know the other guys on that line but you look at his last couple of games he's got two points in the last three one of those came on the power play so really this to me is it you know depending on the matchup i'm not necessarily going to stack them against the best teams in the league but depending on matchup i think it's worth considering that second line stack
1: The Philadelphia Flyers were 0-3 last week, and they've been rocked by the fact that Oscar Lindblom is the most dropped player in fantasy, but more important than that, he's dealing with a cancer diagnosis, and we all wish him uh, the very best outcome possible here, and I hope that it's been caught early. Uh, Shocking uh, bit of news out of Philadelphia last week. Morgan Frost's ownership is down 4% to 28%. He came on with a burst but now he's playing third line minutes only two assists to show for his last 11 games played so the rookie is going through a bit of a learning curve i'm going to suggest here joel farabee another youngster here one assist in his last five but appears to be in a bit of trouble with the league now, having to serve a three-game suspension. And uh, so uh, the hot streak that he was on when he came on, it seems to be a bit of a, a thing of the past. So that's two youngsters that they they have to be concerned about the way they're going right now. They've infused the lineup with a couple of other young guys. Wingers Obe Kubel and Torinsky have been called up to fill in on the growing injury list. I don't see an off- offensive upside for either one of them. But one veteran that I'm keeping an eye on is, J- is Jacob Voracek, a guy i think who should rise up in terms of productivity with more minutes per game here i know he's getting a look on the power play but i like to see him getting top line minutes more than he has been so far
0: so i actually like those two guys i, I favor twierinski a little bit but the fact that they're projected to play on a second line with kevin hayes to me uh makes them a decent you know low cost uh kind of dfs plug if you will so uh what i'm talking about is you sometimes want to build your lineup with with high price guys well then you need to use maybe some of those three thousand point guys and the the ideal you know lineup to use them in i think is those those gpp contests the big you know prize contest for you uh in in a 50 50 or or a multiplier maybe not so much but for these guys you throw in a three thousand dollar guy he's going to be low owned uh if you get the right spot the right guy potentially gives you that edge And you were able to build your lineup with a bunch of bigger names. So Twarinski, to me, is the better of the two. But I could certainly uh, argue for and see or understand taking a look at either one of those two call-ups because they're playing on the second line with Kevin Hayes. All
1: right. Up next, we go to the... Pittsburgh Penguins and Tristan Jarry's the story here of late. A.J. His ownership is up 13 percent. You said that he's outplaying Murray by miles, and he's showing on the ice two wins and a shutout last week. Nine five and zero oh is the record. One ninety two the goals against. Nine thirty seven save percentage year to date. Those are outstanding numbers, and he's pushed the incumbent to the sidelines because of that. Though I understand Murray looks like the projected starter night Maybe you want to address that possibility as well. Rust's ownership is up 5% to 7%, uh, st- uh, 73% on the season, rather, over, overall. Three goals to assists, uh, as the new right winger on the top line. He's getting 20 plus minutes a game because the two big stars are out of the lineup. That means Jake Gunsell's moved over to the center role on that top unit, responding with a goal and five helpers of his own. Jared McCann's normally a guy that that uh, to watch for in this situation with the big guns out not not performing up to that standard though of late and his ownership dropped a bit as a result Alex Galchenyuk is another guy whose ownership is dropping like a stone because he's just not producing at all here you want I want to hear your, what you think about him and give us an update on the two uh, top men as well uh, Malkin and Crosby still out of the lineup here
0: well, Melkin was dealing with an injury all signs point to him playing tonight uh, he'll retake that first line center spot and push Jake Genso back to the wing where he belongs so no real concerns there uh, Crosby has begun skating we're still in we're in week five right now of that initial six week timeline so uh, there hasn't been uh, any real update on there but it, you know we're kind of trending in, the, in that direction. Alex Galchenyuk, to your point, it just it, it honestly it hasn't worked out the way that uh, that they expected it would. You know, some of that is due to injury. You know, he got hurt at the right at, as training camp's wrapping up. Malkin was out for a while, and so finding they haven't really had a lot of opportunities to put those two together because then Crosby gets hurt. So of course you're going to put Malkin with Gensel. But all that to say, I don't know that the Galchenyuk experiment has worked out the way they're hoping. Would not be shocked to see uh, Jim Rutherford cut bait and trade this guy if somebody's willing to offer them something? He's certainly on the trade list, uh, but his production's been so bad, I'm not sure anybody wants him at this point. And lastly...
1: Go ahead.
0: sorry. (laughs) Sorry, lastly... About Tristan Jari, he's got to be going tonight. There's no way uh, that they're going to put Murray in with how good Jari's been playing. I will, as soon as we get done, make that change on the best guess over at rotowire.com because uh, that is definitely an error. Jari should be the one at least sitting at best guess tonight.
1: All right. Well, good. Good bit of information there for DFS players. The St. Louis Blues, they got another victory under their rec- uh, belts last night, a 5-2 win in that uh, showcase last night against Colorado. Uh, David Perron has had an outstanding season, a breakout campaign that we predicted in the off-season. Three more goals to his record. Jordan Bennington picked up another victory. So... The leaders are leading here. Uh, Carl Gunnarsson, though, appearing on, uh, only two, in only two of the last eight games. A bit of a concern there as he's now on the IR. He's one of the key components of his defensive structure here. Not known for his offense, but uh, part of the defensive end is a bit of a concern now. Rob Thomas is one forward that's carrying more of the load. A goal and four helpers last week as the center on the third line. When your third line's got a guy with five points uh, on the week, you know things are going well. Uh, injuries to top, three top line Winger, uh, top uh, six wingers has given Jordan Kiryu a shot at the uh, right wing on the second line and he had another goal last night to to make his own case he had 15 points in 16 AHL games before the call-up Tyler Bozak is finally chipping in after a slow start with points uh, almost a point a game pace in his last seven games now at right wing on the third line getting still minutes on the power play I'm looking out for Justin Falk at the back end his shots on goal rate has risen in the last two weeks and uh, he's he's trying to keep the rumors of alex Pietrangelo out of his uh, sights that he's he's kind of trying to do his part to justify the big salary that he's in line for over here too
0: the one player i'm watching right now is alexander steen and seeing whether or not you know he can kind of figure it out he's only two games back from you know an extended injury absence Um, but prior to that he had failed to score a goal to start the season Just uh, five points in in 19 games right now, and I think that's why you're seeing him in a a bottom six role. If he can start to figure it out and start to churn a little bit with this club, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him move into a bigger responsibility. Although, as you said, Robert Thomas has been so great lately, playing alongside him could be what they need to get him going.
1: In San Jose they were one and two last week. Thomas Hertel though a bit of good news here looking back in top form with a three-game point streak going. Timo Meyer has taken advantage of time on the right wing on the top unit. A good value play of late. Four points in his last five playing with Kane and Couture are both on fire. In the nets though Martin Jones continues to struggle. He was he's 0 5 in his last five starts AJ 20 goals against not good there and it's given an Aaron Dell an opportunity to maybe build a bit of a string of games for himself he's coming off a win in his last start allowing only two goals against versus Vancouver so look for him to get a bit more of the share of the net minding in the coming days and games Uh, Joe Thornton for his part zero goals year to date for Big Joe he went through a long slump like this last year but caught fire in the second half he needs to do that again here to help right the ship. Uh, but he has assist in his last two games played. And so that's keeping him in the center spot on the second line for now. But you'd have to think he's got a bit of a tenuous grip on that.
0: Well, and I have to think that San Jose is in the market for a netminder at this point. Um, Aaron Dell, yes, coming off that win. But you look at his numbers on the season and they're not great. Uh, 3.18 goals against average 0.898 save uh, percentage for him so neither again another situation like nashville where neither guy is really performing and so you know soros is obviously in my opinion better better than dell um, but dell's numbers have been so bad that it's not really challenging marty jones and so they've had to kind of just ride it out and hope that that he gets better um, and figure something out which is why i think they should be in the market for uh, a, maybe a veteran backup netminder that can come in, maybe take the reins if need be, but at the very least could push Martin Jones to get better and kind of figure out his game
1: in Tampa they're still trying to figure things out Uh, in terms of consistency they went two and two last week a team with this much talent just should be a lot higher in the standings than they are it's lucky for them that they have a few games in hand on some of the other teams in the Atlantic so maybe they have time to make that deficit up Alex Killorn's ownership is up in fact 12% uh, to 56 overall He's been doing his part with a goal and three assists last week, uh, solidifying the second unit, playing left wing there. Andre Palette, though, is going the other way. A six-game pointless streak has his uh, top-line left wing role in Jeopardy. You might see a flip-flop there between those two guys. Yanni Gord uh, could be a challenger for that role, but he's goalless in his last 10 games, only two assists to show for it. So they really need help on the left wing, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. Tyler Johnson missed four games with an upper body injury, but may play tonight and might help that situation a little bit. Steve Stankos, the captain, though, is doing his bit to keep the offense afloat. Four goals on his ledger for the last week as well.
0: I think uh, the biggest concern uh, coming out of the weekend was that Nikita Kucherov injury. Sounds like it's not going to be too serious. I think he, I would classify him as doubtful tonight based on Coach John Cooper's comments yesterday, although he hasn't been officially ruled out. On the flip side, sounds like they're going to get Tyler Johnson back. And he uh, projects to be that top line right winger, uh, assuming Kucherov doesn't play, which makes him a high end uh, DFS option, in my opinion.
1: The Maple Leafs look to have uh, a big game on their ledger tonight against Buffalo and they go into it with Tyson Berry uh, apparently a go after nursing a bit of a tender ankle after blocking a shot on sat- Saturday. So That's good news and more good news from the infirmity. Trevor Moore has been on the IR for about a month and he should rejoin the lineup tonight. That means uh, Uh, Pontus Aberg has been demoted back to the AHL. Uh, One of the two big lines is on fire. John Tavares, three goals and two assists. Mitch Marner, two goals and three assists. Their success is tied dramatically and directly to the fact that Zach Hyman is back and doing a lot of the heavy lifting despite the fact he doesn't make it to the score sheet on a regular basis, but he's been a huge contributor for this club. Freddie Anderson made uh, a statistical mark of note becoming the fastest Euro goalie to get to the 200 win mark in only 344 appearances. In fact, he's the fourth fastest in NHL history behind guys like Dryden and uh, a couple other Hall of Famers and uh, Braden Braden Holtby. So he's in great company there. Willie Nylander, though, on the flip side, continues to be a guy that drives uh, Leaf fans crazy. One assist in his last six games played. Yeah, I give him credit for dragging down Austin Matthews, AJ, who has been blanked in four of his last six games played. So that's, that's another top line that is misfiring right now. And I'm telling you, if the Leafs don't get this, this unit producing, they're not going to make the playoffs.
0: That would be a, a very intriguing uh, situation. I, I would be shocked to see that happen. But if it does, it means that you owe me a dollar for our bet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, uh, I won't say I'm cheering for it because, uh, you know, I, I would like to see your Leafs in the playoffs and just, you know, a point below Pittsburgh. I'll settle for that. Uh, one guy who uh, may have figured something out is Alex Kerfoot uh, broke a 12-game goal drought Uh, in their most recent outing with a goal and picked up an assist in that that contest so uh, if they can maybe get Kerfoot going it'll kind of help the rest of this lineup pick up a little bit I do think he's a minor player but I think Trevor Moore adds so much to this uh, this team as a role player that I do think that should help them in general in terms of the the overall team and look for for scoring I don't touch this Uh, I'm hard fade on this fourth line but in terms of on ice grittiness drive i love a combination of a more gautier and Spezza. like those guys are are a gritty group of guys who could occasionally chip in a goal and and help you out there as well
1: the vancouver canucks one and three was the record last year Uh, thatcher denko on the ir with a concussion that means michael dipietro has been called up behind Uh, markstrom in the nets markstrom allowed five goals against his last time out so maybe di pietro gets a start this week but before that markstrom was on a pretty nice stretch of seven games where he went four two and one allowing a total of 14 goals against i expect him to be still one of the workhorse goalies in the league going forward uh, maybe pressed into duty more now that goes on the sidelines. Uh, Jake Vertan in terms of uh, up front, he's uh, playing right wing minutes on the third line, but he's making a bid for more playing time with eight points in his last nine games played. And as far as I'm concerned, this performance and outburst is long overdue for a guy that was a high draft pick here and just has been underwhelming for far too long. I think he's going to move up the roster if he continues his pace.
0: Well, on the back end with Quinn Hughes, like, the goals aren't there. Obviously, uh, just two uh, on the year and is bogged down on a pretty extensive goal drought, 19 games right now, but continues to add assists after assists uh, and really finds way to help the team win and to produce. So if you're in a situation where you need goals, this maybe isn't the guy for you, but as long as assists uh, will get you by, uh, more than half of his 26 points, 14 to be in fact, have come on the power play. So uh, I just love everything that this guy is showing, and I, I think he would have been a serious candidate for the Calder, were it not for the year that Kale McCarr is having.
1: The Vegas Golden Knights three and one was their record last week. Max Pacioretty, leading all skaters with five goals and three assists in his four games played, was the first star. Uh, voted by the NHL. Uh, Mark Stone along for the ride as his sidekick, a goal and five assists last week as well. So the big guys are producing... Theodore on the defense five assists in the last two games played. He's really benefited from the return of Nate Nate Schmidt to help him with the offensive side of the game from the back end but a guy who's been a surprise contributor of late is Chandler Stevenson picking up three points and is slotted in as a second line center between Pacioretty and Stone a great landing spot for him that means though that Paul Stastny has been relegated to the center role on the third line that's because he only has two assists in his last nine games played AJ.
0: Well, one player that maybe can help get uh, Stastny going is Valentin Zykov. He's you know back with the team after that suspension. First three games, not much to show for it, but that's understandable considering the layoff. They've got him playing on the power play. And then in their most recent outing, gets a power play goal, uh, had five shots in that game. And I think that's more indicative of what we're going to see from him on a nightly basis. And now that the rust is gone, I think this could be a really dynamic group of, of Zykoff, Stastny and Tuck and really uh, could kind of produce and, and maybe maybe that leaves Stastny in a, in a third line center role if he's clicking with those guys, um, but should also bolster his ability to to get on the score sheet.
1: The Washington Capitals were two and one last week, but they wa- lost a bit of a shocking result for me. They lost in a shutout to, Santos, uh, to Columbus, as we mentioned earlier, three to nothing was that decision. Michael Kempney's ownership is down 4%. He's been a long time par- playing partner of defense with the incumbent who's head and shoulders above the league for defenseman scoring there. So he's been riding shotgun but not producing of late, and that accounts for the drop. Ovi and Wilson reunited with Backstrom we got to keep reminding you of the who's playing with Ovi every week but the fact is that Jakub Vrana's breakout season at left wing continues on a second line so Kuznetsov in good company there too so uh, in terms of Backstrom's performance he's uh, two goals and three assists look for his production to stay at that point per game level as long as he's in between these two productive wingers.
0: Well, and I think we have to you know, give a nod uh, to, to Obi in the, the start that he's having this year. 21 goals uh, through the first 35 games is certainly on pace uh, for another 50-goal year, which would just be um, absolutely phenomenal. I think what would be most interesting about that is uh, the possibility of getting maybe two 50-goal seasons in the same year. David Pasternak's at 28. Already. Jack Eichel's at 23. Drysido is also at 21. So there's more than one player right now that could reach that 50 goal mark. And I think it'd be really interesting to see uh, a Rocket, like uh, a a Rashad Rocket award, not go to a 50 goal scorer because somebody else. Got
1: 51 or 52. Uh, something to look forward to. Goals are, are a thing that everybody tunes in for. We know that. The Winnipeg Jets round out our look around the league. They were 2, one, two and 1 last week. Mark Shifley, two goals and four assists in three games. Blake Wheeler, two goals and three assists on the week. Both still centering different lines, but meeting up and reuniting and producing uh, on the power play. Cal Connor is another guy who's continuing to score regularly. The big guns are firing here. Three goals, two assists for him. Jack Roslovich though, is a guy that hasn't really taken advantage of the top six opportunity, pointless in his last six games played. Still locked in, though, because the guys behind him, Perrault, uh, for instance, evaluated up for, for an upper body injury sustained on Sunday. And Logan Shaw, n- who notched a, pair, a goal in a limited role in the same game, not really threats to his position there. So Roslovic has a chance to figure things out in a pretty comfortable landing spot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't uh, foresee a situation in, in which he gets bumped from a top six role until Brian Little comes back. Then there's a possibility that things could get shuffled up. But even then, with how well Wheeler's been doing at that center mark, they may want to put Mark uh, Brian Little as the third line center instead of moving him back up to the center. And so I think that would keep Roslavic in that spot. So it's definitely one to see down the road. But for the time being, I think he's really cemented himself there regardless of what he's putting up in terms of point production.
1: And now, AJ, it's time to talk about FanDuel. You know, the NFL season may be winding down, but basketball is uh, rolling along and hockey. We're having a lot of fun with that on a weekly basis. And before you know it, baseball is around the corner. So something for every fan to enjoy in terms of the four major North American sports, I'll say. And we're having a ball with the hockey and very good success, actually, with it in this particular slot on the show. So let's begin with the optimizer. And why don't you tell our listeners what the optimizer has in store for tonight's game?
0: Yeah, so a couple, uh, basically the optimizer wants to use three teams tonight. That's Tampa Bay, Calgary, and San Jose. Uh, The entire roster built out from those guys. So starting at center, Braden Point at 7,000, and then Elias Lindholm for Calgary at 5,600. Certainly both uh, top-line guys who are going to be on the number one power play unit, and you're not really breaking the bank for either one of those. Optimizer likes Matthew Chichuk at 6,300. Thomas Hurdle from San Jose for 58. Timo Meyer for 55. And then it rounds it out with Tyler Johnson at 4,200. He, as I said, he's set to slide into that Kucherov spot if, if Kucherov doesn't play. So really a very good value play uh, there if, if he does in fact suit up. Optimizer spending up a little bit more money on the back end. It goes with Brent Burns. At 6,000, and then Mark Giordano at 5,600. We've talked about both these guys kind of slumping a bit this year, not exactly producing where they are. So I think those are a bit riskier plays for me based on uh, recent production and their cost. However, again, these are guys that are going to see power play minutes. In the Nets, the optimizer likes Andre Vasilevsky. Yes, it's a $9,000 price tag, but going up against Ottawa, who has been better than I think we anticipated. But uh, in all, uh, on paper, this should be a decently easy win for Tampa Bay tonight.
1: And don't forget, Ottawa's coming in off the second of a back to back, and they got shellac last night in uh, Miami again, by the Panthers. My lineup is going to be. Uh, based on a couple of pairings up front uh, and and then I sprinkle in a couple of high end op- options who are low price on the back end and then uh, maybe not such a big surprise in the nets so I'll begin with Blake regler $7000 Carolina coming into the peg against him he's averaged 12.89 points per game Elias Lindholm is a guy that I like from the optimizer list I plug him in against your penguins tonight the Calgary Flames have been a very tough out at home and only one loss under their current a new head coach so I like that possibility against an undermanned Pittsburgh team even if Malkin comes back missing their captain uh, still a good opportunity from the home side Stephen Stankos I told everybody he's been on a river roll it continues tonight against Ottawa and he's in there as my first winger of choice his the price tag is $8,600 so I spent up to get him I pair him with his line mate Alex Killorn who's been on a nice streak and despite that he's still only 5100 bucks. He's producing at 12.5 points a game in FanDuel points, so I like that pick. Matthew Kachuk is a guy who's the heart and soul of the Calgary Flames, and he's going to be a guy that pairs with Lindholm on a very effective unit. $6,300, a bit of a low price tag for him, I find, and uh, Nikolai Ehlers will work with Wheeler, and his price tag is very low at $5,300. I like his price tag against the incoming carolina hurricanes winnipeg always tough at home themselves on defense i went away from the teams that i stacked kind of on the offensive side nate schmidt has been very productive on a regular basis averaging 11 points in fan play 4200 is the price tag against minnesota and then quinn hughes you talk very eloquently about, about him only forty three hundred dollars the price tag i guess that has more to do with the no goals for but he's been productive in terms of the the uh, rest of the the stats sheet and so i like the fact that he could be productive tonight against montreal canadians he's averaged 10.44 points per game in fan duel play and in the nets i'm looking for a low scoring game as the la kings come into boston but i'm looking for boston to come out on the winning side and that's why i didn't stack offensively but i did take tuka rask in the nets for eighty five hundred dollars aj what does your team look like
0: Well, I'm with you on Boston tonight, except I'm expecting goals from them. And so for me, uh, I went first line stack uh, uh, for Boston, all in 8,200 for Bergeron, 89 uh, for Pasternak and 82 for Marchant. So I've got the whole whole group there. So from there, I got to save a little a little bit of cash. So I mentioned Christian Dvorak, 4,400 tonight on FanDuel, uh, slotted in to play with Hall and Kessel. If that changes, I might make a different decision with with my other center here and, and figure something else out. But for now, that's just too good of an assignment to pass up on. I talked about the reasons for why I like Twarinsky, so I'll use him at just three thousand tonight. I'm going to go with your boy Kapanen for forty three hundred. I think that's a, a he's still on that second line. Yes, there's been some slumping there as you highlighted, but I think it's a good opportunity to produce against Buffalo. On the blue line, I, I stuck with a couple of just consistent guys who, you know, Seth Jones for $5,000, he has been slumping a little bit lately, but overall, he's just a consistent producer. Same with Josh Morrissey, who's actually been picking it up, and he comes in at only 4500 so pretty much a steal there. And then uh, I round out my full four-player Boston stack by also using Tuka Rask. If it ends up being Halak tonight, uh, I have no qualms about that. I'll just flip it. Uh, to Halak, if if for some reason that
1: uh, changes. All right, AJ, that wraps up uh, this episode of podcast. I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and all our listeners as well. Our next episode we schedule will be... December 31st. We're taking New Year's Eve off and the Christmas week off and hope that you guys all get a uh, good gifts under your trees at Christmas time and uh, celebrate with family because it's a very important time of the year that way in in our household and and AJ's I'm sure. Please remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me Paul Bruno at Statsman22 and you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. As always we invite you to listen in to PuckCast to get our tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research. So long, everybody, and Merry Christmas to all.